It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Here is your host, Rob Carson. How are you guys? So we're getting ready to uh, launch into the Fourth of July weekend. Am I am I like the only person who goes? Uh, can't believe it's Fourth of July weekend already, dear Lord! It is uh, it is a little crazy that it is the Fourth of July weekend, and this one I guess to me means more than uh, I have ever experienced a Fourth of July weekend. We've got friends in the neighborhood. <laughs> We're doing a party, and um, I'm excited about it. More so than any other 4th of July I've ever seen. Because I think we are, we are kind of celebrating this 4th as a 4th of July that, it's a 4th of July where we realize that, you know, the past of the country is behind us, but we have to, (laughs) we have to believe in the future of the country. And so as I gather with my friends and family, I'm like, this isn't just about the 4th of July. This is about the survival of the country. I know it sounds a little weird, but this is this is a bigger 4th of July ever because we are more under attack than any time in our history. We are more under attack with regard to the founding of the country and who founded it and our history than we've ever been before. And I'm going to tell you something, guys. I'm done with it. And I think most Americans are. So I'm going to gather with my friends in my neighborhood. And they are a diverse population. They are white people. And there are some brown people. There are some Sikhs. And there are some Muslims. And there are some black people. And we're going to get together. And we're going to celebrate the 4th of July. Because this country is the greatest engine of economic and individual freedom in the history of mankind. And I'm going to party like it's 1999. (laughs) I am, I am, I'm absolutely going to do that. I'm absolutely going to do that. And I'm I'm actually going to fire off some illegal fireworks. I know, I know, in my my state it's not legal. But I'm going to actually fire off some illegal fireworks. (laughs) We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time. Because I live in the greatest country in the history of mankind, in the greatest country in the history of mankind, and we have reached a breaking point. And we are not going to take this anymore. We are not going to take this anymore. We're not going to take this destruction of our country. We are not going to take this anymore. We're not going to be told by those who hate this country that this country is somehow unjust and awful and terrible and all this stuff. Despite the fact that millions of people are streaming to get in, they are dying to get into this country, and they have been for the last 200 years. We are not going to take this anymore. We're not going to take this anymore. China, I guess, is going to do, either has or hasn't done a uh, lunar lander. 
on the moon. Yeah, we played golf on the moon in 1973. America kicks butt. And I'm going to tell you right now, I will, with every ounce of my being, fight for this country. This country is the greatest engine of economic individual freedom in the history of mankind. It always has been because America rocks. (laughs) America rocks. Happy Fourth of July. Donald Trump was at the border. It's interesting because uh, Donald Trump acted more presidential than our president. Donald Trump, honestly, guys, is the de facto president of the United States. And if you look at what he did, you have to say he's the de facto president of the United States. He is, guys. And he wore his blue blazer and his white shirt and his red tie. And he owned it. He owned it. And Joe Biden, this pathetic shell of a human being, looked honestly worthless this week. Emerald Robinson was there. She's absolutely awesome. We're going to have a, an exclusive interview with Emerald Robinson of Newsmax. Here is uh, uh, Emerald Robinson talking to uh, the president about Joe Biden's incompetence. I know you say that a lot of this is because you did so much on the border and the Biden administration rolling back what you did. But do you think that's it or, or is there more to it? So I used to think they wanted open borders, but now I realize they can't because who would want that unless they are really dumb people? And they're not dumb people. They're vicious people, but they're not dumb people. And now I think it's just gross incompetence. I really do. I believe that it's gross incompetence. They ended stay in Mexico. You look at what we did with catch and release. We ended it, essentially, where you catch somebody and immediately let them come into our country and come back three years later for a trial and nobody ever came back. And we ended that. And we had, look, we had the greatest numbers that we've ever had. We had the most successful border that we ever had. People could come in only legally. And it was a great thing. All they had to do was go to the beach. If they went away on vacation, they would have been fine. But they didn't do that. And now they have a mess. So uh, I saw that they didn't uh, put the funds in to complete the wall. The wall would have been done in two months. It could have been done very quickly because we did almost 500 miles. And we would have done all of it, but it took two and a half years to win all the lawsuits caused by Congress, caused no. by the Democrats in Congress. Most of them were caused in one way or another by Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats. So uh, we did a great job. We had the greatest border ever, and now we have the worst border ever. <laughs> Absolutely true. Now, the interesting thing is that uh, this president, who is not the president anymore, is so presidential. <laughs> I mean, crazy presidential, guys. If you look at what he's done the last couple of days at the border, it is remarkable that uh, the the Biden administration sent Kamala Harris to the border a thousand miles away from where the real problems are. And Donald Trump went there and owned it. Here's a little bit more with uh, Emerald Robinson talking about the uh, Trump visit with President Trump. So we had a very, very successful administration, despite the fact that a witch hunt going on for years still goes on. I I had a witch hunt like nobody's ever had. 
Yeah. So I had to fight that back. So did Abraham Lincoln and so did a couple of others. But I think mine was worse than any of them. <laughs> and despite that, we had a tremendous administration. We cut taxes more than any other president. We got more regulation cuts by far than any other president. I rebuilt the military, uh, Space Force, and did so well for the vets, the veterans. At 92% approval rating with the veterans. They never had anything like that. We did a phenomenal job. And despite that, and then the vaccine, I came up with a vaccine in less than nine months, and they said it was going to take anywhere from three to five years and probably wouldn't happen. And I did that by... And he did a great job. Being very, very tough with the FDA, to be totally honest with you. But uh, we do have some people that don't fight the same way. And when I look and see what happened, as an example, the border, we had the greatest border, as we said, and now we have the worst border. And that took a period of six months. Uh, it's a shame that that can be allowed to take place. A shame. And it is a sham. Here is uh, Emerald Robinson talking to Donald Trump about Mitch McConnell. When was the real b- break with McConnell? Well, I think, first of all, Bill Barr was, you know, he started off pretty good and then he got worse and worse. And yet he took, took a lot of heat. And uh, with the heat, he got weaker. Uh, they wanted to impeach him. And uh, once they said impeach, he all of a sudden started uh, just not being the person that he should have been. And Mitch McConnell has been this way. He's uh, uh, a guy that uh, he's a survivor. That's really what he is. He's a, just a survivor. And, and he's a tool. We need a better leader in the Senate. We need a stronger leader, a better yes. leader. Yes. He raises money because of his position and he gives it out to senators and they vote for him. But uh, he should have won two races in Georgia that he blew. No, I'm not a fan of Mitch McConnell. Never was. He came to me. He was losing the election, losing it badly. He was going to lose the election to Amy. He's a joke. Amy McGrath. She had 80 some odd million dollars in the bank, was ready to spend it. He asked for help, came to the Oval Office. I gave him help and he ended up winning by the most he's ever won by. And then after he won, uh, he went rogue. And that tells you bad guy, but it also tells you not good for our country. He's uh, not the, not the guy to lead. You have some people that would be good leaders in the Senate. He's not the man. Now McConnell is a joke, by the way. You know this. I know this. There are many, many uh, Republicans who are in the Senate and House. They are jokes. They are jokes. And Donald Trump is finally, finally pointing this out. I know you say that a lot of this is because you did so much on the border and the Biden administration rolling back what you did. But do you think that's it or or is there more to it? So I used to think they wanted open borders, but now I realize they can't because who would want that unless they are really dumb people? And they're not dumb people. They're vicious (laughs) people, but they're not dumb people. And now I think it's just gross incompetence. I really do. I believe that it's gross incompetence. I agree. So you stay in Mexico. You look at what we did with catch and release. We ended it, essentially, where you catch somebody and immediately let them come into our country and come back three years later for a trial and nobody ever came back. And we ended that. And we had, look, we had the greatest numbers that we've ever had. We had the most successful border that we ever had. People could come in only legally. And it was a great thing. All they had to do was go to the beach. If they went away on vacation, they would have been fine. But they didn't do that. And now they have a mess. So uh, I saw that they didn't uh, put the funds in to complete the wall. The wall would have been done in two months. It could have been done very quickly because we did almost 500 miles. And we would have done all of it, but it took two and a half years to win all the lawsuits caused by Congress, caused by the Democrats in Congress. Most of them 
were caused in one way or another by Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats. So uh, we did a great job. We had the greatest border ever, and now we have the worst border ever, and it didn't take that long. Let's call Emerald Robinson right now, actually, and find out her thoughts with regard to the border and whatnot and her visit with Donald Trump. Here we go. Hello. Hello, Emerald. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You've had a very busy last 24 hours. You were uh, near the border with uh, Donald Trump. How's things going, by the way? Uh, you know what? I'm actually standing on the southern border right now. Really? In an area called Hidalgo. Wow. And it's interesting. Yeah. What are you seeing, by the way? Well, you know, I've talked to a lot of Border Patrol this morning, and uh, I'll tell you, they're huge fans of Newsmax. <laughs> I could stand anywhere from here I wanted to. I, you know, I walk up like I always do my drill when I'm going to put a, a stand-up location on location. Yes. <laughs> and ask, you know, is this okay? Is this fine? And they're like, hey, you're, you're with Newsmax, right? Yeah, whatever you want to do. What do you need? Uh, We're not supposed to talk to you, but what, what do you need? <laughs> well, they obviously see that you are uh, there as somebody who's actually covering a story for crying out loud. So I saw you yesterday talking to the president, and I... I I just, this has got to be kind of awe-inspiring and kind of cool for a reporter to talk to the president of the United States, former president, I should say. But yesterday, you talked to Donald Trump, and he seemed so much more presidential than the person in the White House right now. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So different. And yeah, I noted that to him, and... He, he talked about his administration, but the sense I did get, Rob, is that there's a gravity in his perception of the state of the country now. Yeah. And it sits on him. And it does come across very presidential, yeah. but it is a true concern. And I think that 2020 taught him a lot. Yeah about how serious the struggle in the country is. Emerald, I've never seen a previous president do this before. I have never seen a previous president uh, step up and uh, take on an issue that is confronting the country and still wearing the, he's got the the red tie on, he's got the white shirt, he's got the blue (laughs) blazer. Uh, honestly, I've never seen anything like this, Emerald. This is very different. This is There's something going on here that is beyond just a previous president. This is a man who is the previous president taking hold of an issue that is very important to America. Yeah, when a current president won't, won't, and is pointedly not. It It was very remarkable to me. It was somewhat surreal in that I cover the current president in the White House. Yeah. On a daily basis. So it was a bit surreal to come down here and see the former president talking about what so many Americans are talking about and being on the forefront of, you know, when you look at polling, polling, we cannot live by polling. We know that. But yeah. when it comes to issues, it's very good at showing trends. And immigration and the southern border crisis is still a major issue for Americans in general, specifically, you know, of course, the Republican base. And so for him to be out in front of it while this administration continues to just botch it in so many ways was pretty surreal. And I'll tell you, there was a lot of reporters in that room that cover President Biden along with me. 
And I think I could tell in talking with them, which they might not admit in their reporting, that struck them as well. There's something about this visit that is surreal that almost makes it seem like he's still the president. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Well, that's how everyone down here treats him. Yeah. And I'm going around South, you know, I'm moving around these border towns right now. I'm talking to law enforcement. I'm talking to regular people who work in restaurants, work in stores. I'm talking to uh, Border Patrol. And that's the sense you get from them, especially wow. since he's showing up. Wow. And the Biden administration isn't because this impacts them specifically so much. Yeah. Right. This is right here in their backyard, though it is spreading throughout the United States and other people in other states uh, much farther north are seeing the impacts and are concerned. Not it, it doesn't have the same impact as it does here. And they appreciate I, I talked to a lot of people. They really appreciate him showing up. It is, honestly, if you look at uh, Kamala Harris's lousy appearance in El Paso, but let me ask you this. Do you feel like um, people have, when you look at the grand scope of things, they're still looking for Donald Trump for leadership? Uh, yeah, I think they are, especially with the dynamics of the Biden administration, right? Yeah. Even, Even if you agree with their policies or you don't, there's a sense of a power vacuum at the yeah. very top yeah. as yeah. far as, you know, a, a president who is truly in charge. And especially given that Biden so often says he's going to get in trouble or, you know, oh, well, yeah, yeah I, I, I'll get this wrong. And people notice that even his voters notice that. And you don't get the sense that he's the man in charge. And that was never the demeanor or the presence that Trump gave off. And that was concerning to some Democrats, and they thought he was too in charge, and they didn't want him to be. And they tried to hamper him from being in charge, and then, you know, it was reinsuring for um, many of his voters. Now, that's the presence he gave. There, you, We could debate, clearly, that there was maybe too much delegation to some people. And that's something I would have liked to gotten into with the interview, but we just didn't have the time for it. Yeah, and it just yeah, wasn't yeah. the place. But if he is going to run again, I do want to know what he has learned you know, from that first term yeah. and being not getting, you know, a second, an immediate second term and how that will affect. And will certain people still be there in a second White House if he gets that opportunity? So it, it, he's very different. I covered him for four years yeah. in that office. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. It really struck me. But, you know, and I'll also say, though, in the, the things you didn't see on camera, he and I got some time to talk, you know, Catch up. It was good to see him. You know, yeah. I covered the man for four years. He'll cover him. He watches us. He he loves Newsmax. Love it. And he, you know, he was around when my dad died too. Oh. When he talked about that before, you know, he brought up my dad again yesterday, and he said that he does how much he hated that. And you know, it was beautiful, and he has beautiful things wow. to say about my dad again. And you know, he he was a little more relaxed than you know when we were just talking because you know clearly he's not in the office right now and. Um, it was just, he still, even with his charisma and his humor, had that thing about him yeah. that he is in some way carrying, you know, a heavy weight. Well, um, which is, is intriguing. You yeah, know, it makes yeah. him even more intriguing, I would say. Can I tell you, Emerald, um, you know, my mother died about a month ago, and Donald Trump sent his condolences for my mother. Oh, I, which I was, saw that. Dear it was God, really beautiful. I, 
so ungodly powerful that the this man who has so much reach would do that. And so I, I think we have a connection that way. Um, you mentioned as a mother um, that you are terribly concerned about what's happening at the border uh, with regard to, uh, uh, you know, human trafficking. Do you feel like that Donald Trump is beginning to kind of address that and the Biden administration is completely ignoring it? They're completely whitewashing it. I, I talked to the sheriff here that were uh, at the roundtable yesterday. I talked to several of them and how this works. And they talk about to the, the NGOs and how there's no transparency with these NGOs who, you know, are involved with picking up these uh, these migrants and, and transporting them to different parts of the country. And then you just don't know where these people are really going with the children. They've lowered the vetting, yeah. uh, the vetting standards. So who are these people that are really taking custody of these children? And they're just extremely concerned about it because, look, they're local sheriffs. They see the trafficking. They're the ones having to go after it, uh. right, if they know it's happening in there. You know, the Trump Justice Department, which they didn't really highlight this very much, did a lot to combat trafficking. They had a major anti-trafficking yeah. push, and the numbers did come down. But it sounds like it is exploding again. And when you hear these stories, if you hear the story, the personal stories of someone who have been, has been trafficked, and I have, it is gut-wrenching. It yeah. is, there are things worse than death. What are, you seeing, what are you seeing right now? You're down there for the first time in a while. What are you seeing now? Uh, so right now I'm in Hidalgo. It's uh, about 10 minutes south of McAllen. Yeah. And I'm actually at a section of Border Wall, which is interesting because I've been talking, I, you know, they're not supposed to be talking to me, but like contractors yes. <laughs> and Border Patrol. And it, so this is actually a section of Border Wall that the Biden DHS has deemed is necessary. Yeah. And there is some work being done on it today um, behind me. Now, this is an 11-mile stretch. One person told me there's another three-mile stretch down the road. Yeah. Said they don't think it's enough. But, you know, this is something that they are allowing them to continue to work on. Yeah. It is shiny, new-looking wall, but they are half of it has been painted, that black color that Trump wanted it to be painted so that it, you know, doesn't show rust yeah. to, keep, <laughs> to keep it looking better. And, uh, yeah. I did see them, so it was interesting. When we were pulling up, and I haven't gotten to talk to the Border Patrol agent, the Border Patrol who were involved in this, but they were loading a um, young man into a van, and they were they took him back across to the Mexican side. Wow. So I don't know what that's about. When they come back this way, which I think they will, I'm going to try to you know, ask what that story was. Yeah. And if they can tell me. And um, I had, I didn't get to go out at night. Most of the uh, crossings that start occurring at like 10 or 1030 at night. Yeah. You'll yeah. go out to the border. And yeah. um, but I uh, some of my colleagues who are here on the ground who don't have to report all day. They went out and they showed me some of their footage. And I'll try to share some of that today. Uh, one of my colleagues was actually doing a live shot and it was late afternoon. So it was like twilight. And yeah. it was a little bit early, you know. Most most migrants wait until dark nightfall. Yeah. yeah. But four just started running behind him in his live shot. Wow. And he took off with his camera and and chased them. And it was two looked very young teenage boys and two that probably looked closer to twenty. Yeah. And out of nowhere comes border patrol and they just tackle them. Wow. And um. 
and and apprehend them. I I mean, I was surprised. This Border Patrol are quite a bit older than those boys were, and they they called up to them. And that was just, you know, an average few minutes in the life of the southern border here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you were able to talk to the president, and uh, certainly, uh, yeah. I want to hear more. You know what what's happening in the border. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time, uh, Emerald. You're doing a great job, and stay safe, please. I will. You know, President Trump's like, can we get her a vest? Can we get her a vest? Careful. Great to have you on and take care of yourself, okay? Thanks, Rob. Great talk. All right, bye. That is uh, Emerald Robinson of uh, Newsmax. And I'm going to let that kind of stand for the show today. It's powerful. It's amazing. And we need to do something to protect our country. Thank you so much for joining me today, guys. Uh, God bless you. God bless America. God bless our police and our firefighters. And above all, don't catch the stupid. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.